The following is a Joel Mahalik production. <clears throat> Let me explain something to you. Whenever you come in here and interrupt me, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me. And it will then take me time to get back to where I was. Understand? Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for downloading it. And hopefully you have found the right player that you would like to download the show to. Visit us at joelmahalik.com. And from there, you can punch the subscribe button and you can find out uh, all the different places that I'm available at now for easy listening to when the podcast comes out. Uh, you can also... Sit there right on the website, open up another tab to do your browsing, and listen right there to all of the episodes. So, I appreciate you being here. Look me up at Twitter at WQYB Radio, or at Facebook at JM Talk. And that's where you can join me in cyberspace. And we can cyberspace the waves of information technology together. Uh, but be that as it may, that's how... You stay in touch with me. You can also send me email at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. Fan mail, hate mail, jokes, questions, answers. I don't know. Send me the meaning of life, if you will, if you don't mind. So, um, okay, so it's Thanksgiving weekend, and I uh, don't know about you, but uh, it's it's been a crazy weekend. In fact, I want to share with you a moment. Uh, yesterday in this area, and many other areas as well, there was quite the torrential downpour. Uh, it started here at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I think, and it was torrential, it was heavy the entire time. It did not come in lulls. It did not come in ebbs and flows. It was here in full flow. Till about 11 p.m. And it was terrible. So I found myself trying to get things done prior to the onset of said rain. And that didn't quite work out the way I wanted to. So I was actually out on errands a lot during the rain. But last night, see here's the problem with rain. First of all, people don't know how to drive. And I've talked about that on the podcast before many a times. I have promised you that we'll talk about it on the podcast for many times to come. And so that's the first problem. The second problem with rain is it's difficult enough for uh, even a good driver as myself to function in such heavy rain. And the third problem with the rain yesterday was I had to go pick my daughter up from work at 9 o'clock at night, so it's pitch black. Now, you may be familiar with uh, the theory I call it is the mirrored roads. And that is when it's dark and raining, and then you have all those headlights and the street lights and the stoplights, all these lights happening. And if you already have a problem driving at night, as I do with my eyesight, then now you have this mirror effect. Everything just seems like a mirror. It's nothing but reflections. And when you add on top of that, people not driving properly, people not paying attention, flooded roadways, so you have to be careful of that. And then what happened was on the way back, and this was on uh, a, say, a four-lane blacktop, not a very... Not not a highway by any means, just a, a main artery going through town. Uh, we found ourselves, we were traveling south, and we found ourselves with a set of headlights directly in front of us. Somebody traveling north was in our lane. And folks, there is the, the, there's a concrete, a sidewalk... Trees, flowers, shrubbery, median between the four lanes. I don't know how this person happened in my lane, 
but was there. And all I can say is thank the goddess that I was able to, I had to, uh, you know, uh, shift quick uh, right into the next lane and thank the goddess that nobody was behind me or alongside of me. Because that would have been sheer disaster. I mean, I don't. We don't know where they came from. I, I was after it happened, and besides being shooken up, I was. I asked my daughter. I said, "Am I in the Am I in the right place? Do, am I where I belong?" And she said, "Yeah." And I looked over, and yes, there's the median in the middle of the road. This person was clearly in my lane of travel. So I don't know if he had made a left or a right from the uh, cross street ahead of us and didn't judge it well, or if they were just plainly a moron. I don't understand why these people drive like that. When I know it's going to be dark, rainy, raining hard, and you already have to watch out for people, I am already... 150% on my game to be careful driving. And I just sort of feel like I deserve the same respect as anybody else. I mean, we all deserve respect. And when you're driving a vehicle, which is uh, not so much removed from a missile then it would do us all well if everybody shared the road with respect, and and drove like they knew how to drive. So, um, hopefully everybody had a good Thanksgiving. We had a nice Thanksgiving. It was, I think, the first Thanksgiving in a very long time where we had uh, very little leftovers, which is good because now the turkey is already gone as opposed to me looking at two giant containers of turkey, one white meat, one dark meat, in my refrigerator until nearly Christmas. So that's certainly a joy. One of the things we did, we actually had uh, a couple of we had a couple of hours of free time last night. And I use that term loosely because uh, we decided we were going to watch the Netflix original, uh, The Christmas Chronicles. Now, the movie runs about an hour and 45 minutes, but it took us almost three to watch it because you have interruptions like we're trying to cook and eat dinner during the movie. So stop, play, stop, play, stop, play. Uh, It was raining very bad. And uh, Molly, the Internet's most famous schnauzer, gets really weird, loves the snow, hates the rain. So has to go potty, but you have to take her out 16 times. So she can go out, uh, pee once, and decide she doesn't like the rain and run in the house. And then 10 minutes later, it's bothering you again. So you have that cycle. Uh, so all these interruptions, it took quite a while to watch the movie. But I, what I wanted to tell you was, and I'm not going to give anything away about the movie, but it was a fantastic movie. It was a great movie. Uh, it's a Netflix original, Kurt Russell playing Santa Claus. And I, I, I went into this movie with absolutely no expectations at all. I didn't want to... I mean, the, the trailers were really good, the trailers that we saw. And I didn't want to assume it was going to be excellent. I didn't want to assume it was going to be uh, a bad thing. In fact, I had no inkling at all that it was going to be a bad movie. So if I had any thoughts like that at all, it would have been like, well, maybe this will be mediocre, but maybe they'll do a good job. And I have to tell you, when this movie comes out on DVD, and I hope it does, I'm not sure, I would assume it will, but I'm not sure how that works with Netflix originals. I can't remember, I cannot recall if any Netflix original or Prime original, Hulu original had ever come out on DVD. But if it does, this movie will go into my Christmas DVD collection. It was that good of a movie. Uh, I would say definitely a uh, family movie. Even the kids, I don't think there was anything so bad in it that, you know, like the younger children could watch too. So uh, very modernized tale as far as, uh, 
you know, mannerisms and lingo. And, and I think if you have the opportunity to see it, you have to have Netflix to see it. But if you have that opportunity, it's well worth seeing this movie uh, for Christmas. Definitely will become one of the additions to uh, mine and Sharon's Christmas DVD box that we keep. Uh, with all of our, with all of my versions of uh, a Christmas Carol, <laughs> and uh, and all the other great classics, and 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 what we what we consider to be, and that might be an interesting thing to get into between now and Christmas, because I will be covering holiday topics throughout the holiday season, and that could be something to get into. What's in Joel's box of DVD Christmas movies, and maybe I'll maybe I'll do that. Maybe we'll explore one or two of them on each podcast and, and and I would love to get your feedback. I will find some way to challenge you on Facebook to respond and and give me some feedback about what what is your favorite go-to movies for the Christmas uh, holiday to watch. Um I say that I'll challenge you because it's it, it's been difficult getting responses uh to things. I, I you know, I tried polls before and they don't seem to work. And then there's this new feature like on Facebook like asking a question and I tried that. I got a couple uh, responses that I'm just waiting to see if I get a couple more before I discuss uh, next week, probably, the issue of Christmas trees going up. Uh, that's always been the age-old argument uh, for the last couple of years. When do you put your Christmas tree up? Well, everybody has their own opinions, and I'm asking on Facebook. I want those opinions. So I'm hoping to get a couple of more, and then, you know, we might discuss this maybe on next week's podcast as we approach the holidays. Uh, I do have an announcement I want to talk to you about tonight on the program, and I'll do that probably coming up after the first 60-second iced tea sipper break that I get. Excuse me, but I've been sipping iced tea all the, the whole time. I'm sipping the iced tea, and I and I'm acting in my head. I'm imagining that the iced tea is my subject changer. I take a sip of the iced tea, and now I want to talk, I want to talk to you about something uh, that I came across on social media, and I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, I got to check my time. I think I look pretty good, and if I don't, that's okay. Uh, but I want to talk to you about hope for the holidays. Uh, there is a gent that I had I haven't met, but I have found. I have discovered, I don't even know what the right terminology is when you discover or meet somebody on social media that you really haven't met, you haven't had a conversation with this person, but you you like their page or you follow them on Twitter, uh, you know, but you haven't had any type of one-to-one exchange. And I'm not sure if there's a terminology for that, but this is what happened. I had discovered this man named Rodney Smith Jr. Uh, on Twitter. And uh, he has this thing going on called Hope for the Holidays. And uh, and I'm going to give the website out in just a couple of minutes. But here's what he's doing. And this is from his website. So uh, I, I, sometimes I feel like the best way to tell a story is to let the person tell their story. And short of me uh, doing one-on-one with him and being able to have him tell a story and it doesn't he does more than just a holiday so he may still have a chance to come onto the podcast and share his story but here's what he's doing last christmas he traveled to all the major cities in alabama and tennessee dressed as santa claus delivering gifts to the homeless in each community this year he's doing something similar but for homeless nationwide on november 26th he will embark on his hope For the Holidays Tour, a 50-state road trip to deliver gifts to at least two different people who are homeless in each state. Along with delivering the gifts to provide them with a simple moment of cheer, I hope to learn, he hopes to learn, uh, more about the different people that he meets, find out how they became homeless, and to understand what Christmas means to them. And he says that he does not want to only help the people that he meets. He wants to inspire others to help the homeless by tearing away stigmas and other stereotypes often associated with being homeless. If people realize that even small gestures for just a couple of people will make a difference, then he says we can change the world. 
And that is true. I believe that. So who is Rodney Smith? He is a recent graduate from Alabama A&M University with a master's degree in social work. He's the founder of Raising Men Lawn Care Service, which is a nonprofit organization designed to promote lawn care to the, I'm sorry, promote awareness. I skipped the line. <laughs> promote awareness and inspire the youth to serve in their community by providing free lawn care to the elderly, disabled, single moms, and veterans. During the summers of 2017 and 2018, he traveled to all 50 states mowing lawns free for the groups that he mentions to encourage kids to join our 50-yard challenge, a part of RMLCS that supports kids, giving them the encouragement and motivation to mow lawns for those in need throughout their communities. So you should immediately see why I wanted to talk about Rodney Smith Jr. This man is amazing. Look what he's doing. For the holidays, he's going on a 50-state tour to change people's lives. Make an attempt to change the stereotypes and stigmas that we place on homeless people. And he wants to inspire others to do the same. And then when it's not Christmas, he is mowing lawns. He is mowing lawns for those who are disabled, single mothers, and our veterans who do not have the time, resources, and or money to keep their yards manicured. This gentleman took takes his learning and his degree, and he takes it in my opinion, to the very next level. And I think what he's doing is fascinating. And I only wish that I had stumbled across him sooner. I really wish I had stumbled across him. Yeah, you've had a feeling that you're not talking right, but I think I am. I wish I would have come across him sooner because I would have gotten that one-on-one with him, which I still want to do, and bring him onto the podcast to talk about this during this time of year. We're in that stretch now between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And between that stretch, while the rest of us are shopping, killing each other, knocking them down at the malls, hustling and bustling, working, Following the commercialized lines of uh, Christmas, Rodney Smith Jr. is going to every state in this country to make a difference. And I just want to say to him, if he were to hear this podcast, that I think he's an amazing human being. And I am very proud of what he's doing. I am stoked for what he's out there doing. And if he does hear this podcast. Then Rodney my email is. JoelMahalikRadio at gmail.com And I hope that you would email me. And we can talk about. A phone call to have you come on to the show. And discuss what you're doing further. And for everyone else out there. Before I go to break here. To find out more about this hope for the holidays, and to donate to Rodney's cause, you can visit hopefortheholidaystour.com and that link will be, will be available after tonight's show is posted. We'll be back with more of the Joel Mahalik Show right after this. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Broadcasting from a crummy little studio in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Reality One Radio. News. 
see why we need your donations? Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Joel Mahalik Show. I'm glad you're here. JoelMahalik.com. That is the website where you can go and listen to the show as well as hit subscribe and and subscribe. 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 Subscribe with your favorite player. But most importantly, thank you very, very much. Uh, for being here. Also, join me at Facebook at JM Talk or follow me on Twitter at WQYB Radio. So, uh, some great stuff coming up uh, after this segment in our final segment. Wombat of the Week, obviously, is coming up uh, with a sidebar on wombats, which I think you're going to enjoy. Plus, uh, we're honoring another hero this week on the Joel Mahalik Show. Uh, so that is all coming up. I did say that I had an announcement I wanted to make, and I did sip some tea. So as I said earlier, uh, when I sip tea, I have it in my mind, in my head, that I'm changing subjects. So we can comfortably change the subject now. Uh, so what I wanted to tell you, and I usually have announcements like an outline, and I don't. So here we go. Uh you know, give you a little bit of background on the uh, announcement on what's going on is uh, last year, as uh, many of you know, because we had uh, one hell of an audience for it, uh, I aired a Christmas, uh, special Christmas show. Um, and that was a catalyst for me coming back to the air after having done behind the mic for many years and then taking a break. So, uh, last December I did a Christmas special and, uh, as part of the new strategy of social media promoting, <laughs> we, I wrapped up a copy of it and put it on our YouTube channel and got scolded by YouTube because the, the music copyright and I fully understand. I didn't put up any kind of a fight. I get it. Uh, I did some further research and found out that there's only about eight Christmas carols that are out of copyright and allowed to be used so long as you make your own version. So I would have to get a karaoke version and sing it to you. And there's no way anybody listening to this podcast wants to hear something like that. So what I did was uh, I did some research on that. And I was not going to do that kind of Christmas special uh, anymore. Because, you know, when we were doing the Christmas show on Behind the Mic, we were... Uh, also sponsored by uh, Reality One Radio. And um, so it was okay. And uh, as a podcast, rather than a every week live show sponsored on a network, um, we can't play popular music <laughs> anymore. Imagine that. So, but what I did was um, I reached out to some contacts because I really wanted to make a show for you. We had such a great show last year. And a lot of listeners listened to it. And a lot more people downloaded it. And it made me feel really good about that. And at the same time made me feel bad that I probably wouldn't be able to do it again. I didn't have a sponsor station. So instead of doing a live show like I've done last year and all those years previous. Uh, we are producing a show. Uh, it's called A Joel Mahalik Christmas we're producing a show, and we so far have three networks that are, are going to air the show at different times during Christmas. So uh, that's the big news. The big news is we will have a Christmas show, and it's going to be sponsored by multiple networks. And the thing is, you have to be listening at these times on these networks okay understand because of the streaming rules licensing rules i cannot put this on my rss you cannot go to any of the podcatcher sites that you're going to itunes google play spotify which what have you and uh, download this like you can any other of my episodes on demand uh, you have to grab this uh, when it's airing on a partner site so um I, I I I would tell you, and it's not up yet. I'm, I'm going to make an informational uh, thing 
that will have the dates, the times, and networks uh, on joelmahalik.com. So I, I will be saying to you, for more information on day, on the dates and the times it's running and where to go, yeah, you'll go to joelmahalik.com, although that information is not on the website as of yet. You guys are getting a first strike announcement from me that we are doing this and how we're doing it, which is different from last year. And so far, three networks. We have five errands on three networks. And if you know of anybody who might want to air it, have them call me. Have them send me an email. Uh, I will, for the next two weeks or so, uh, add networks if they want to be added. Now, the unfortunate thing is, is we are almost done uh, the promotional graphics for it. So, uh, and the graphics right now will have the logos of the partner stations. So, uh, if any if anyone's listening and you have a streaming station on the internet and you want to carry this show, then send me an email. Uh, uh, the biggest part of the announcement is uh, is who's airing it. I'm I, I'm honored to have my show air on 920WON, The Apple, which I made an announcement a few weeks ago. Uh, the Joel Mahalik Show will premiere there starting in January, but I, I was honored to be able to uh, have them sponsor the Christmas show on Christmas Eve, by the way. Uh, so, uh, which is awesome. And also, uh, SRN One Networks in Canada will be running it up there. Uh, they used to run the Behind the Mic show. I am very thankful to... Uh, Mike and Phil up there for uh, saying yes, and they're actually going to run it three nights consecutively. And of course, our old friend Bear Fan Ron from days past uh, will be running the show for us on Christmas night on FGRN, the Full Gamut Radio. So they're the station so far, and I'm really excited to be able to do this uh, and looking very, very forward to it. So stay tuned for more information uh, on that. Uh, And that way uh, you'll find out if more stations add themselves and what times and make sure you know where to go and when to go to listen to it um, while it airs. So there's that. I am taking a sip of tea. You know what that means. It also means my throat's dry. My partner in crime could not join me tonight, so I'm on my own with all this stuff. Hopefully, I am entertaining you. So, that stuff's for the third. That's really good stuff. Um, You know, tis the season, right? Tis the season for uh, many different things. And one of those things is family. Family is very important. Family has always been very important to me. But, you know, circumstances and things happen, and as somebody told me just a couple days ago, life happens, uh, which is true. And then families pull apart, and sometimes by no fault of nobody, except that last entry into the issue, life happens. Uh, Life takes on different meaning at different stages of life. And uh, we had a... a, uh, I don't know what you would call it. We had an event in the family uh, very recently, and it brought us together with a lot of our cousins. And it got uh, all of us really thinking, and we had some conversation about this, uh, about not seeing each, each other except at these kinds of events. And we had said this before. You know, isn't that something that's always said when you're at one of those events that you really don't want to have to get together for, and somebody says, or everybody says, you know, it's sad that we only get together at these events. When we're younger, I mean, you're, you know, it's true, the memes that you see on Facebook and social media, when you're younger, the, your cousins are your very best friends because we were inseparable. Now, that's a generational change. Something happened in the last generation and a half and we just started pulling apart for all these various reasons. I mean, when I was a child, and I think I speak for many of you out there, uh, if you were anything like our family, our parents made sure that we were traveling during the holidays and special other days and sometimes weekends and seeing the cousins. 
the 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 these you know, their siblings, aunts, uncles to us, and our cousins who were our best friends. We camped together. We vacationed together. We did holidays together. And I would be interested to know how many people out there still have this happen. How many people still have this welcome feeling who still get together regularly with their cousins? It's something that we uh, uh, find ourselves again saying we don't do it enough. And again, we find ourselves saying that we're going to, we vow to change that. Uh, it, it, it's a, I can tell you, it's a tough thing to do. And if you've been in that boat and you found a way, I'm all ears. I am all ears. Contact me. How did you do it? What was your catalyst that brought everybody together? But being being not so in touch with brothers and sisters and cousins and I mean the hol- it makes the holidays harder, especially when parents, those aunts and uncles, grandparents, you know, when they start fading away, I am telling you, it makes the holidays even harder. And it would just be nice if families did something to come together uh, more like we did in the old days. And I think what what turned this into a discussion topic for this week is I had just watched something. Uh, we were watching a movie today. And I think it was Scrooged with Bill Murray. But him and his girl were supposed to go to dinner uh, with their with their best friends on Christmas Eve, but Bill Murray wanted to go out to dinner with the company president. And um, that's what got me thinking about it, is the fact that uh, they were getting together with friends for Christmas Eve. Not family, friends. Or alternatively, dinner with the president. Of the company. And that's really what got me thinking. I was already thinking about this, but I saw that clip today. And that really nailed it home that I would discuss something like that tonight on the program. So that's how that happened. Uh, Sometimes you find yourself in a position where you try and try as you will and try as you might. You just can't find a way to bring it all together. Maybe you had it at one time and you don't have it anymore. Maybe you feel like the glue is dried up and starting to flake away. Um, All different scenarios. Scenarios that were caused by life. Life happening. So, there you go. Thanks for listening to my ramblings, by the way. Most of these are thoughts coming out of my head tonight. So, anyway, any hoosie-waddy. Got a holdover piece from last week's podcast that we never got to. And it's so this, so okay, this, so we already were a week late on this story, but Irish authorities are investigating UFOs reported by three commercial pilots on one single night. It's the old question, isn't it? Are we alone? Are we alone in the universe? Are we being visited? Have we been visited? I mean, don't you think that if aliens were out there, I kind of feel like if they were driving by Earth, they'd probably roll the windows up and lock the doors. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but anyway, Irish authorities are investigating uh, unidentified flying objects that were reported multiple by multiple commercial pilots on November 9th. And it's my daughter's birthday. Uh, several pilot, pilots had called air traffic control in Western Ireland to inquire about what one called, quote, a very bright light, unquote, and end quote, not unquote. I can't unquote something that I'm quoting. It's quote, end quote. Thank you. <laughs> Traveling at, quote, very high speed, end quote. 
so, and that is according according to a recording that was published by the aviation website Air Live. It was moving so fast, said the pilot of a British Airways flight that was going from Montreal to London. It came up on our left-hand side and then rapidly veered to the north. It was a very bright light that disappeared at a very high speed. I wonder if it was Santa Claus coming like coming down from the north. Maybe just to take a quick look around. Kind of like get a feel, a lay of the land. Maybe check. Maybe there's been some construction that's been... Hindering him last year and knowing government agencies as we do with tax dollars, he maybe wanted to check and see if he had any construction routes that were still bothering him from last year. I don't know. I'm just thinking these are the things that I think of. I don't know what that means, but I think of these things. Um, So uh, (laughs) air traffic control said there's nothing showing on either primary or secondary radar. Uh, adding that there were no military exercises in the area. Another pilot from a Virgin plane then chipped in, um, denting the hopes of aliens. He suggested it could be a meteor or other object making some kind of reentry, uh, which is a very good theory. Uh, this gent reported multiple objects following the same sort of trajectory, very bright from where we were, and he said two lights... Two bright lights have seen the bank over to the right and climb away at high speed, at least from our perspective, uh, according to the recording. The third pilot then added, uh, I'm glad that it wasn't just me. So a spokesperson for the Irish Aviation Authority confirmed to Time Magazine that it was investigating the incident, saying the confidential process would involve talking to all the pilots involved. Now, does that mean talking to all pilots involved, or does that mean making... Uh, the, the, the the pilots um, get other names and jobs. <laughs> uh, but, you know, this is a question that, as long as uh, I can remember, has been a question we wanted answered. Uh, with, you know, and, and there's been, there's some very interesting theories uh, about things like the pyramids and how these things, how it was even possible to build these things at the time that they were built. Uh, so, uh, in fact, if you, if you've ever seen a movie called Stargate, uh, and not the show because that really sucked in my, in my humble opinion, but if you've ever seen the movie Stargate, that really explored the possibility that what if aliens had, um, uh, built them or, uh, brought the technology needed to build them. You're talking about these heavy stones having to be piled up in a pyramid so large. Are you kidding me? It makes you wonder. So, uh, it is that age-old question. Are we being visited? Have we been visited? Are they among us now? And it has given us some of the most interesting news stories to read. It's also given us some of the most interesting science fiction to read. Because not only do these uh, reports, whether they're fake or real, but also just the, 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 uh, the imagination of... What could be? So these stories like this, people with a great talent for writing can take these kinds of stories and they can run with it in their mind and develop some of the greatest pieces of science fiction ever written. And some of those things wind up on film. Some good and some not so good. But this, I mean, this is how it works. That's where the imagination starts. It starts from stories like this that have always been. Always been. So, absolutely, it could be, it could have been a meteor shower. Will we ever hear the details of the investigation? Probably not. Probably not. But, but that's, but that's that. Um, and it looks like I am going to take uh, a 90-second break. And, uh, of course, when we get back, we have Wombat of the Week. We're honoring another hero. And uh, you can get in on the fun and check us out at Facebook at JM Talk WQYB Radio over there at Twitter. Follow me. And, of course, the website is JoelMahalik.com. And I'll be back uh, right after this. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. 
Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue. And you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. All right. I guess I'll stop playing with my Rubik's Cube here. In fact, I can't even solve the damn thing. I've been trying to solve this Rubik's Cube since last Christmas. Can you believe that? It is November after Thanksgiving. We're headed straight. We're hurling towards Christmas time. And I got this Rubik's Cube last Christmas. I still haven't solved it. And it, I mean, not that I'm putting in time after time after time, day after day into it, but I'm just saying. Uh, the Joel Mahalik Show, I welcome you back. JoelMahalik.com, that's the website. Uh, and uh, you can also find me at Facebook at JM Talk. So uh, that is that. Now, we have a really interesting Wombat of the Week. But first, I said I had a sidebar. So I want to talk to you about the sidebar for a second. Now, I mentioned this once before. I don't mention it all the time because you can listen to the archives and, and get the explanation. But if you don't know what a wombat is, uh, a wombat is actually a very cute marsupial from Australia. Very cute little furry creature. And um, why then do I call because the wombat of the week is is me talking about stupid people doing stupid things and, and it's ripped right out of the news so why would i refer to that as a wombat if wombats are so cute and, and and cuddly looking well that stems back to my senior year in high school when i asked my science teacher who was the greatest science teacher had him for, for chemistry and physics loved taking his classes um uh, i asked him to sign my yearbook well uh, mr gatchel he had uh, two types of people in his class. He he separated, uh, in his mind, he separated us into scholars and wombats. So it's because of him that I use the term wombats in a, in a negative manner because I believe he was using them in a negative manner. And uh, he signed my yearbook to one of his scholars. That was how he started the, the yearbook signing. So... Uh, that is what a wombat is. If you didn't know, and if you did know or didn't know, and you were wondering, well, now you told me what it is, why do you call them wombats of the week? And that's why I use that term. Uh, so I guess until somebody, uh, you know, sends a cease and desist, I mean, someone from the, from the wombat families or wombat uh, rescue. <laughs> <clears throat> On to the sidebar. So about the Australian marsupial, uh, we have learned this week by several people sending this in. I want to thank you. Multiple people have sent this same story in to me this past week. Apparently, the wombat can pass up to 100 deposits of poop per night, and they use the piles to mark territory. The shape helps it to stop rolling away. So despite having, I can't even believe I have to discuss this with you guys, but I, I said I would and you know, no holds barred. <laughs> despite having a round anus like other mammals, uh, wombats do not produce round pellets like picture a rabbit. No, they produce uh, cubes. So I mean this is this is weird biology, right? So um <laughs> after studying them 
And uh, according to uh, people from the American Physical Society Division of Fluid Dynamics, how about that for a, a, a team? They said that when they opened up the intestines, when they dissected one and opened the intestines, it was like Christmas. Uh, the team compared the wombat intestines to pig intestines by inserting a balloon into the animal's digestive tract to see how it stretched to fit the balloon. Uh, in wombats, the um, the feces changed from a liquid-like state into a solid state in the last 25% of the intestines. But then in the final 8%, a varied elasticity of the walls meant the poop would take shape as separated cubes. So then the wombats stacked the cubes and the higher the better so they can communicate with and attract other wombats. So folks, if you didn't know and needed to know, you know now that wombats ship bricks. It's true. I mean, for all of our lives, we've heard that term. Well, if if he makes that shot, I'll ship bricks. Wombats are doing that. They're doing it. So, just a little sidebar on um, on the wombats. There you go. <laughs> and thank you uh, to everybody that sent that same story. In. It shows that you pay attention to the show and that you like the show enough to. Uh, and one person uh, sent in uh, and was giving me a little bit of a uh, uh, talking to about using these beautiful, cuddly creatures uh, in such a negative way. So I may have to find another term for this uh, this segment. I don't I don't know. And that I, it's a toss up because that would be a shame to the memory of Mr. Gatchel, wouldn't it? So let's just all get along. So anyway, <laughs> moving on to the wombat of the week. This week's story. A woman who is engaged to a 91-year-old chandelier. That's right. I said chandelier. She's had her arm tattooed with a picture of her partner. Amanda Liberty, 34, who lives in Leeds, England. Um, she identifies as an objectum sexual. Um, which means that she's attracted to objects. And she is engaged to the chandelier, which she calls Lumiere. And she said that it was love at first sight after spotting the chandelier on eBay. So, um, yes. Miss Liberty first fell in love with a drum kit at the age of 14 and has since gone on to love the, icon the iconic Statue of Liberty and even changing her surname by deed to Liberty. So that's why she changed her name, her last name, to Liberty, because she uh, uh, was having a, a relationship with the Statue of Liberty. Um, but I guess if she's engaged to a chandelier now, it must not have worked out. I don't know. So... Um, She says that last Valentine's Day she proposed to the chandelier. And she says, I hope at some point we will have a commitment ceremony. I haven't been engaged before, so it's very new and very exciting. Um, and also, she says um, she insists that her feelings are completely natural and she's happy with her companions. She says you can't control who you fall in love with. And things just went from there. She also says people often can't understand that this is just a natural orientation for me. That I can find the beauty in objects and can sense their energy. I want others to see how happy the chandeliers make me and how much they've enriched my life. I'm not hurting anyone by entering into a relationship with them. I am simply just following my heart. So, um, that's the Wombat of the Week. I don't know... I don't know where to, I don't know where to go with that. Um, I thought about it, and I remember 
the, the first thing I thought about here was I remember something that my father once told me about religions. And I guess we were watching the news or something. We were together and we were watching the news. And of course, you know, you turn the news on and there's nothing but hate in the news. And there was something about um, religion and and he didn't have, um, he said he didn't give much opinion about the different religions. Um, he said that it was not it was not for him to judge who or what who or what people worship and i've always remembered him saying that think about that because that's true what right do we have to to do that what right really what right do we have to judge anyone else's uh religion and and so in this case one could say and of course, uh, it, it might also draw battle lines, but one could say, what right is it of mine to say what or what she can't be attracted to? I mean, it sounds weird. And I don't know. I guess if she got a lot of chandeliers in the room together, it would be one hell of a swinger party. <laughs> I need a drum roll, right? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, she's engaged to a chandelier. How about that? How about that? Alrighty. Um, so, if you want to, actually, if you want to join in on the fun of Wombat of the Week by submitting your Wombat of the Week story, which, again, I repeat, uh, Wombats of the Week... It's news stories of stupid people doing stupid things. Or, in this case, weird things. Simply email the link to a news story of stupid people doing stupid things to wombat at joelmaholic.com or joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. And you can also submit your stories and a message on our Facebook page at JM Talk. So get me those stories so I can um, sift through them and find... The ones that I think would be the most entertaining for you, uh, each and every podcast. And so this other segment that we have uh, on the program, and I've been I've been trying to think to myself, uh, self, because that's what I call myself. Um, if I should separate the the wombat of the week and honor thy heroes, which is this other segment that we do, because I kind of put them both in one part of the show. And I guess I'm wondering if I should move one. So if anyone has an opinion about that, I'm not going to put a poll. Polls never work. I can I, I never get votes on a poll. I guess if I was like the Coca-Cola company or Disney and put a poll up, I'd probably get responses. But unfortunately, I'm just not at that. I'm not up there yet. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just not up there yet. And when I do, you better believe I'm going to put polls up. Uh, I may have been polls up about absolutely nothing just so I can see what the answers are. Just so I can see answers. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, we honor a new hero every week. And this week, uh, we are all, uh, we are honoring a Fort, P- Fort Pierce, Florida police officer being hailed as a hero. Um, he is credited for saving the life of a six-day-old baby girl who had stopped breathing. Breathing. The baby's grandmother calls in, uh, calls the officer a miracle worker, and the baby's family says they have a lot to be thankful for this Thanksgiving weekend. Um, so, field training officer uh, Jorge Gaz, who was married and the father of a five-year-old girl himself, um, he said he will never forget the night of November 15th. He was on patrol when his cruiser's computer screen showed a 911 call. The parents of a baby made the call, along with the grandmother, who said they were driving their infant to the hospital because she was choking and turning blue. I saw, as soon as I saw that, I knew I had to act, according to Gauze. He realized that they wouldn't get to the hospital in time to save the baby's life. They had too far to drive, and there were a number of stoplights along the way where they would possibly have to stop. I wanted to go and help, he said. Time is of an essence when there's a baby not breathing or not conscious. 
And fortunately for him, he was nearby. So he told the dispatcher to tell the couple to pull over at the intersection of Okeechobee Road and South Jenkins Road, where he met them and grabbed the baby, who at that point was unconscious and not moving. He gave her three to four thrusts on the back, made sure that he kept the airway open, and he says, once I heard her breathe and cry, that's when I knew that the baby was breathing again. Uh, She was breathing, and thank God, you know, Officer Gaz saved her life. We were thankful, said Argrella Quiragro, the the baby's grandmother. Uh, uh, So, you know, and for his actions in this case, uh, Officer Gaz has been uh, nominated to receive the Fort Pierce Police Department's life-saving award, well-deserved, I may add, uh, and how fortunate. Uh, This is a situation where uh, he's not there. Sometimes you see hero police officers who are on the scene and do something life-saving like this. They're already on the scene. Here's somebody who heard the call, and not being on the scene, advised the dispatch, dispatch, do this. Tell them to stop. Let me catch up to them. Imagine what goes through a person's head. Whether he's EMS or not, which he's not, he's a police officer. But So imagine what's going through his head when he decides that he is going to change the situation on purpose to try to do something for, for the better good. For the better good. Um, that's... That's heavy. I mean, think about that. Would you do that if you had the chance? I mean, sure, he probably has CPR training. Most of your, uh, you know, uh, better companies, probably all your police departments, offer CPR training every two years to keep their people certified. So, sure, you have a basic knowledge. But if you, if you're Joe Schmo and you're, and and sure you've had some training whether you had training or not would you would you do something like that would you say this is what i want you to do so i can get to you and somebody in the universe certainly was there to guide officer gaz's hands and to guide his thoughts to do this task. Gaz also goes on to say that as a policeman, that this was the second time he saved the life of a baby that was choking. So, uh, beyond that night, the following day, Officer Gaz went to the couple's home and he gave them CPR and first aid training so that if this happened again to their baby or any other emergency situation, that they had some knowledge. Officer Gaz had better get the Fort Pierce Police Department Life-Saving Award because this week he has won the award on the Joel Mahalik Show of Honor Thy Heroes. And Officer Gaz, we thank you for your service to your community. Now, in the same way as the uh, as the one by the week, I accept stories of uh, heroes, police, fire, dispatch, EMS, first responders. Um, we do not see a whole lot of these stories which is sad. We know it's happening out there and we want to honor them here. So uh, do me a solid, everybody. And if you see stories like that, please send them in. Meanwhile, the website is joelmahalik.com and uh, you can go there and follow the show and everything going on. And stay tuned for information leading up to the Christmas special. Uh, The information to be forthcoming on that website very soon as well. Uh, find me at Facebook at JM Talk, and find me at Twitter at WQYB Radio. Uh, and thank you again for uh, listening. Thank you again for downloading the podcast, and please tell all your friends about it. Uh, and maybe they'll want to join me as well.
Until the next time we meet and we've got more exciting stuff to talk about, I want everybody to please be thankful over this uh, holiday weekend of of Thanksgiving and uh, try to love each other because uh, it really is important. And I will see you next uh, week on our very next episode. And thank you very much.